temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hopefully your Tuesday is going smooth. I am a Dan Day. Smoothly slide over to my Twitter page and give me a follow at Dan Day Radio. Always some interesting stuff. Very interesting time in the sports world. Had an interesting Monday night football game last night. Uh, But still, things stay very, very hot when it comes to the Hurricanes. When it comes to the Dolphins, the Heat, they're going to be tipping off the NBA season tomorrow night. And just so much more going on in the South Florida area and around the sports world, which we're all going to get to by listening in on the Joe Rose Show. They're going to be talking football, everything with Charles Davis. Also, Dan Levitard's show going to give you a useless sound montage to make you smile. And Stephen A. Smith helping you tip off the NBA season. Right now, going to get things tipped off, encapsulating it all. With some headlines, Canes receiver Brian Hightower has announced his intent to enter the transfer portal. Miami plays Pitt Saturday at noon. Clemson's Dabo Sweeney is now the highest paid college football coach, making a cool $9.3 million annually, besting Nick Saban, who makes $8.85 million. The NBA season opens tonight with my Pelicans taking on the Raptors at 8, then Lakers-Clippers at 10.30. The Heat get things started tomorrow against Memphis at 7.30 in Miami. The Patriots dismantle the Jets 33-0 on Monday Night Football. The next Monday Night game, the Dolphins and the Steelers. Game 1 of the World Series between the Astros and the Nationals gets underway at 8 tonight. The Panthers and their newest acquisition, Brian Boyle, We'll play the Penguins tonight at the BB&T. Puck drops at 7. The MLS Cup Conference semifinals begins tomorrow. Inter-Miami CF's Fort Lauderdale Stadium is under construction and should be ready for the team to open play in March. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Four emus recently escaped an Amish form and were eventually rounded up on a Kentucky highway. Can someone say emu rumspringer? While cleaning her house, a California woman discovered a library book she had checked out some 74 years ago and returned it. The library, they waived the late fee. Oh, what is this garbage? One time, I returned a book a day late, and they forced me to pay the nickel late fee. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a low chance of rain with temperatures around 85. Join us for Breeders' Cup weekend at Champions at Hylia Park, Miami's most beautiful simulcasting center. Watch and wager in air-conditioned comfort at the original Champions. Champions at Hylia Park. It's this time of the year you just can't get enough football. So in the mornings, the Joe Rose Show gets you up and gives you plenty of football. Earlier today, they're talking with Charles Davis about seeing ghosts. Who okays players getting mic'd up during games? The bad gays, the big three of college football quarterbacks, and the Dolphins. They should still continue to tank for Tua. 
NFL on Fox analyst. He's also one of our draft experts from NFL Network. Charles, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Charles, man, don't you ever move from Orlando, man. That's where <laughs> we like you. We like you with us, man, up right. early, even though you're not doing the mornings. Uh, we appreciate it coming on. By the way, you ever seen Ghost when you were playing? You ever seen a guy mic'd up and say, I'm seeing Ghost? That's got to be a no, first. And, and I have to I have to tell you, when I heard that last night, I thought, oh, my God. And the reason I say it like that is this is a young quarterback early in his career. The need, the, the quest, the unquenchable thirst for access has led this kid, and it's no one's fault. There's not a single accusatory finger. He knew he was going to be mic'd up. This is not someone catching him on the fly. But all of that has led him to a spot now that he's going to have to dig out from under. <laughs> and it's bad enough being a second-year quarterback in this league on a really bad team. But when you throw out, I'm seeing ghosts, that's code word, Joe, help me out because you played. And tell me tell me if I'm off track. I want to make sure I have it right. That's code word for I am jumpy and I'm scared in the pocket. <laughs> That's, I mean, yes or yeah, no? no, you're right on. And, and, and so help me out from the other side of this. Who gave him a green light to get mic'd up when you're playing against a blitzing defense that's the best in the <laughs> NFL? Who came up with that genius move when there was a chance that that was going to happen last night and he wasn't going to see all those blitzes and figure them out? Is that the I team, really think the coach? Who, who really, does that? I, it's, it's a collective deal where people will all have to own it. Because in the NFL, it's not the same as in college when the head coach is, is all-knowing, omniscient, um, omnipresent, everything, right? But still, I think it runs through a lot of places. I think, you know, you know, ESPN will ask the Jets, and that starts with their media relations staff. The media relations staff will probably go to the coach and or player, probably both, and see if this is okay, everyone okay with it. I really think for the most part, you remember, you got to think now, Kids like Sam Darnold grew up with social media. They, I like to say they grew up living their life on stage. Yeah, That doesn't point. phase them not one bit. To them, that is just normal stuff. And frankly, him saying, I see ghosts, might not, fit, might not hit him the way that it hits us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. These kids are so used to everything being out on stage. That, 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 like, How many times have you dealt with younger kids where you said, you know, you probably ought to clean that up on your social media when they show you pictures of them at a party or you know, something that we would deem somewhat questionable. And do you ever get that side eye look from them where they're like, why? What's the problem? Oh, no. I get that you from know? my youngest. I, I'm with him. By the way, we got a, a basketball so, 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 player here so in town. Yeah, we got a basketball player here in town that was upset with Eric Spolstra. And Dion Waiters did his whole social media thing about taking a shot at the, the coach and the young rookie and uh, and pretty much saying like the fact that people are saying, yeah, you want out. And, and I was like, man. What what is with everybody in these? I, I don't get it, but and it never I goes just, away, really, right? Never goes away when you, you know, do it. Never it. It never goes away. But I will say they view it differently than people of our vintage view it, and that's the, and that's the difference. So I'm sitting here saying he's got to dig out from under it, right? Sam Darnold's probably looking at me like, "What?" I said, "I saw a ghost. What's the big deal?" <laughs> right? You know, yeah, and, and Halloween and ghost right, scared, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, but, perfect but, but, time. But but. but, but but he would just tell you, I'm just telling you, I was seeing ghosts out there. I was seeing things I wasn't supposed to see. And to him, I'm sure he's thinking, very next game, I won't see ghosts again. David Carr, okay, excuse me, Derek Carr, when he came out of college, that was one of the things in scouting report. Maybe sees ghosts in the pocket. One of the things that led him to being drafted a little bit later than yeah. when he got drafted. And wow. so now you're talking about these things. So that's all I'm saying is I know it's different. Because I just had Jalen Ramsey, all right, just made the move to the Rams. And I'm just telling you, 
the way youngsters see things versus the way an old oldster like me sees things, it is different. There is no doubt about it. Things that I'm like, well, is that an issue? And, that, and he's looking at me like, what issue? Well, our whole life is on stage. We take a picture of our cereal and let you know what we're having today, and then we move on from there. And this is the color of my belt, and this is my shirt. And, yeah, well, I went to the party last night, and I got wrecked, and I did this, and I did that. What's your problem? Yeah. It's just different. The new age. It's absolutely That's different. it, Charles. The new it age. really is. I know. Listen, not to dogpile on last night's game, and uh, you know how I like to always bring it back to the Madden video game, but even me as a yeah. general manager or head coach of the uh, Jets in Madden last night, I would know not to throw against Gilmore 20 times in a game. <laughs> that, that would just be me, and I'm not a coach, and I have no experience outside of playing Madden, but it just looked like a not well-coached uh, game last night by Adam Gates in that offense. I thought I thought all the way around, not well coached, not well executed. From one week ago, when everyone was talking about, see, this is what Sam Darnold provides you versus the Cowboys, right? As opposed to a Luke Falk, who is not an NFL quarterback in any shape or form. Great kid, great college player, not an NFL quarterback, right? So I know I'm not getting invited to the Falk family reunion this year, and, I, <laughs> and I'm not doing, and I'm not doing it to be personal. But I remember when he came out of school, it was one of the biggest fights I had with one of my good friends about it, where he was trying to sell me on Luke Falk, and I was just like, look, <laughs> until I see someone come out of that system and really play well, I, I'm passing. Gardner Minshew may be the break, may be the break point for us. Okay, he may be the one that's going to change that coming out of playing with Mike Leach, et cetera, et cetera. And I love the Pirate, but there was no evidence that any of those quarterbacks were doing it. But back to Darnold, that week before, people pretty much anointed him as that guy, right? Oh, see, he here's it. And one week later, the Patriots did this to him. Yeah. Well, they do it to everyone. But the throws he was making, I'm going to throw it away here. I'm going to throw it away. He's trying to throw it away to different areas, and people are in those areas. You know, you got to know where your dump points are, and you got to get the ball to that point. He tried to dump it down the middle of the field, thinking that was wide open. How many? What? There were two of those picks. I said, "Oh my God!" What yeah. am I? And that's when I said, "You know something? I have not gotten enough sleep this season. I know how this movie's ending." <laughs> you and I you flipped, get extra hours of sleep. Done. Yeah, that's I tapped funny. Out, I tapped out. I tapped out on Gilmore's interception. I said, "Okay, we're good here. Take that's care, everyone." Funny. I think I think that was that was the turning point right there for for all of us to get a little sleep. Hey, Charles, uh, your Saturday. Can you put your Saturday fan cap on for me here? The the one that you're sure. going to be doing sure. when when the football season's over and you go over to NFL Network and you. You start hitting all the, the the guys coming out for the combine and all that stuff. Yeah. So, what do your eyes tell you so far? I've always said. Now, I've been saying, and if you if you disagree, I, I know you'll tell me. Herbert, yeah. Tua, and Joe Burrow to me are the three best quarterbacks I've seen. Whether it's fair or not, I, yeah. I'm just like I may be wrong, and, and yeah. I, I'm doing yeah. a, I'm doing a little you know Mel Kiper Junior Junior right now. What about for you? I think that that's a fair fair deal. And the Burrow one, I've got to tell you, I wouldn't have said that in preseason. Burrow has improved. <laughs> I got to see him throw this uh, summer at a camp, and I have to tell you, I walked away thinking this is different than what I saw last year because I had an impression of a lot more like I thought of Dak Prescott as a junior at Mississippi State. Great athlete, tremendous runner, you know, okay passer, but I don't know that he's going to be a consistently good pro, pro quarterback. Then I saw Dak as a senior, and I went on record and said last year I was I was questioning this. This year I think he deserves every chance to be an NFL quarterback. Joe Burrow has done that and maybe a little, it may be more. I could not believe how accurate he was against Florida because that's a really good defense. And he now gives those wide receivers that LSU has always possessed. <laughs> 
yeah. a chance to make those plays. Because LSU's had them. Look, at one point they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team, and they couldn't get them darn football. Joe Burrow can get you the football. But I'm going to throw one more in there that we better keep an eye on, and that's Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. Because if you said before the season, and I would have said, told you, accuracy, 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 that's his bugaboo, consistent accuracy. He looks like, a, he's, I'm not going to say different, but he's definitely better. Yep. He's a little more polished. The footwork is better. His movement skills, we knew were there. He's a guy we better keep an eye on about whether or not he's going to be drafted and, and what's going to happen with him. And then who's going to be drafted? But I think he's going to go a lot higher than maybe we would have said in preseason. But Herbert and Tua, here's my break point for you. Durability is going to come up now, guys. This is two years in a row with the same injury with, with, with Tua. One leg, the other leg. He's a smaller version. Herbert is your classic, big-bodied. <laughs> thrower from the pocket, mm-hmm. and the game is right in that flux point of, do I want the classic thrower, or do I have to have the mobile quarterback? This is going to be an interesting deal when it comes to that time. Could you see, would you be shocked if Joe Burrow was the number one overall player taken? Would that surprise you at this point from what you said? Yes, okay. yes, yes, it would still surprise me. What surprises me also is hearing that he is the actual, absolute total Heisman front runner. Okay, he's a terrific player, and he deserves to be in that conversation. But when I hear people say he's absolutely the Heisman front runner, that surprises me as yeah. well. What's happened to Tua? Let's say Tua doesn't get hurt against Tennessee, and he does his normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Tua is now in a position where Peyton Manning disease has kicked in. He's been on the scene for a while, and what he does, it's still spectacular. He has turned into the norm. And people kind of go, okay, all right, Tua did his thing again. He's not getting the points for doing really good stuff that he used to. He is kind of flatlined in terms of people's minds. Like, he's going to throw for 400, 350, 400. He's going to throw for three or four touchdowns. And they kind of shrug their shoulders and forget to go ooh and ah. So that's why a guy like Burrow coming off the pace really looks better to everyone. He's not better, but he looks better Mm -hmm. because we haven't seen it from him before. And that's where Tua is going to lose points for people. And that's the unfortunate part. That's why Peyton didn't win the highs. He'd been on the scene for so long, people were looking for an alternative. And he still put up spectacular numbers. But everybody went, oh, yeah, that's what Peyton does. Wow, look at what Charles Woodson's doing. And he's on defense. And he returned a kick. And I'm not saying Charles Woodson didn't deserve it. Phenomenal player. All I'm saying is that Charles Woodson hit the right time to emerge, and his team won a national title, and it worked out perfectly. And Peyton had been on the scene so long, people went, eh. And and it happens all the time. And I'm just using a couple of examples. But think to yourself and ask yourself when you talk to people if they still look at Tua quite the same way in ooh and ah, or if they just go, yeah, Tua did his thing, because that's where he is right now. That's exactly what it is. Normal numbers he puts up each week, you're you're not even amazed by it anymore. Yet if it was any other name on the back of that jersey, you'd be like, wow, that guy's really You would lose lose your mind. You're right. You know, that's where it is. is. That's where Joe Burrow is. And that's where Joe Burrow is going to benefit now because no one talked about Joe Burrow as a Heisman guy to start the season. And people like to be the, the, the people that come up with the new person. People love finding something new. And Joe Burrow's new. All right, so I'm just writing this down. Charles Davis likes Tank for Tua for the Miami Dolphins. I'm just writing this down right now. All right, I got it down there. I just wanted to get that Hey, Zach, make sure you write this down, too. Yep. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Herbert emerges as a quarterback that people start to like more. Just don't be surprised because when was the last time you heard about Herbert really being hurt? Right, right. And the two of things scares a lot of people. You're right about that. that that's definitely there. Oh, size, it's going to be a size, lot of size, fun. Don't, right. don't, don't forget size of two. Size of two right. is not that, that impressive size. Those things start to come into play. So sometimes we overthink things. 
and that might be something that may get overthought. Charles, thanks for coming on this morning and teasing everybody as we yeah. try to figure out who that uh, quarterback's going to be. <laughs> Always great having you, my man. Charles, thank you so hey, much, buddy. Thanks for having me. Everybody get on that roller coaster. There's a lot of rides <laughs> right. to go before they make that pick. We'll be paying a lot of attention to you soon. Right, exactly. Thank you. Ah, the bad gase. Hopefully the Dolphins get the good Tua or the good Joe Burrow, and they don't see ghosts. Oh. Don't be scared of the Joe Rose Show. Just sometimes be scared of waking up, especially in Miami after those late nights. They are on from 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays. And, of course, you can download the podcast for their show and this show also or any of the shows that you hear on 560 The Joe at our website, wqam.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. Up next, the Dan Lebitard Show, talking about moving the ball or moving the football. It's the best of The Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. If you're hearing that music and saying, wait a second, wait a second, is that the Jurassic Park theme music? Yes, you are correct. Happy birthday to one of the stars of that movie, Jeff Goldblum, 67 years old today. I am not going to get into my Mount Rushmore of Jeff Goldblum movies. I'm just going to say he's been in a lot of great movies. And it is a great time to be a sports fan anywhere really in the world. So much going on. NBA season tips off tonight. My New Orleans Pelicans, beloved New Orleans Pelicans, going to be playing NBA champions Toronto Raptors in its battle for LA. The Lakers taking on the Clippers, but it does not stop there. Game one of the World Series growing up. Always a huge Astros fan being from New Orleans. It was the closest major league team. They're going to be playing against the Washington Nationals. And don't sleep on hockey. Oh yeah, our very own Florida Panthers playing against one of the most popular teams in the league. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Doug Plagans, Alex Dono, Manny Chang, Danny Garcia, they're going to have the coverage for you starting at 7 o'clock. So keep it tuned to 560 The Joe for that. Speaking of Miami, Dan Levitar and the guys, they're from here. They live here. They make it happen in the 305. Earlier today, they had your useless sound montage, which I absolutely love. Are you moving the ball? Are you moving the football? They get you ready for the NBA tip-off. And, oh, I'm already getting a little bit queasy. Concerns for Zion. Every week we uh, we do something called the useless sound montage. We all love it. Everyone loves it because most of the things said every single weekend after games are useless. Here's the best of it. But defensively, we were lights out uh, all the way up until that last drive of the first half. We gave up 80 yards and they scored. He has to find a way to get this team to play better, and there's no if ands, or buts about it. At the end of the day, this is about wins and losses and you know, I think this team's got to learn how to win. You know, we're frustrated, but, but kind of rightfully so. I think we can, you know, we all know we can play better, and we're determined to play better. It's one of those plays where you look back, if you score, everyone's high-fiving you. You fumble the ball, everyone's like, do it better. I thought we did a good job moving the football early. I thought we did a terrible job of, of scoring. You know, you just it's a great example of just playing the next play. Whenever you win, you always want to say, it's a t- we know it's a team win. But like this, the only word I could come up with was this was the consummate team win. When I saw the replay, I said, oh, that's as good as gold. It don't get no better than that. Good is the enemy of great. I talk about horse binders and animals. <laughs> don't listen to anything outside. I don't see all the stuff that people talk about. I've never seen it. I almost called timeout at this last second because I had something in my gut. 
thought he played an outstanding game. Uh, really was in control of everything. Uh, made great decisions throughout. Made a number of big plays. Plays with his feet. Plays with his arm. Coach Harry Heastan cares. Our quarterback cares. Our players care, you know. Do you feel like you were overconfident coming into this week? No. No, not at all. Do you regret voicing your confidence earlier in the week? Nope. Do not. To me, the DNA of our guys, you know, the, the, the resiliency, the toughness, the mental toughness of our players. Never want to be down in a game. And, and so you can see the look in their eye at halftime. The Chargers just have, they clearly upset somebody in our former life. I'll tell you, I've never been in a ball game like that before. You know, I, I like to look at the defense as like a, like a shield. Uh, you know, in the first quarter, you hit them a couple of times. You're going you're gonna, to uh, dent the shield. You're going to make it splinter a little bit. But, you know, as you keep hitting it, little pieces are going to keep breaking off, and eventually it's going to break. The thing about Marcus Peters that I really appreciate, maybe I've always appreciated, is his dad's coach. Uh, it wasn't anything I did. It was everything they did. The game was put on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. And what you see is he is capable of carrying the football team. And at the end, we needed one yard to win this game. And we didn't get it. You don't get one yard, you don't deserve to win the damn game. That's the boogie man. It's good to hear TJ's voice. It was a great montage. Great. We have lost both Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. Oh. And we're never getting Luck back, I don't think. But we need Mahomes back desperately. And there was a Steelers bye week this week. Oh, so we had no Tomlin. Wow. Miserable week for you, huh? It, Terrible. Do we, do we always need someone with a funny-sounding voice, regardless of what they say? That's one of the secrets to this is sometimes it's not even what is said, it's how it's said. So, like, the content isn't necessarily <laughs> the best thing here. It's just if you have someone talk, like, it's like that's going to be in there. And every time I know that's going to make someone laugh. All right, I got some questions. Ryan Clark said there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Ooh. Are there ever ifs and ands but no buts or no ifs but ands and buts? Or is it always those three together? Uh, you have to ask us again. I think we're all confused. All right. Well, I got another question. Why is football the only sport where they have to specify what kind of ball is getting moved? You don't hear that in baseball. You don't hear it in basketball. We have to move the basketball or move the baseball, throw the baseball. Mm-hmm. They just say the ball. But in football, they always make a point of saying, we got to move the football. We got to run the football. We got to pass the football, not the baseball, not the tennis ball. I'd argue that a football is not a ball. It's a great argument. I mean, it's not your traditional ball, you know? No, it's not. Right. Although rugby could say the same thing, right? But I don't know. Maybe they maybe they do that in rugby. They call it the the, the football or the rugby ball. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they do. I think they just call it the ball. Every sport just calls it the ball. <laughs> what it's is a rug, What is a rugby uh, ball called? What is it called? Rugby ball. Is the rug called, ball. They call it ball. <laughs> uh, the NBA uh, tips off tonight: Pelicans and Raptors and uh, Lakers Clippers. How concerned are you right now? How concerned should everyone be? Because I think the one guy we were all looking forward to seeing, right? Regardless, regardless if you're a fan of the team or not, was Zion Williamson. Uh, how concerned should the Pelicans be? How concerned should Zion be? How concerned are you uh, about his health moving forward? So every non-Pelicans fan in the league had the Pelicans as their kind of league pass team or the yes. team that you're going to watch on yes. the side. I was super psyched to watch. Yeah. I'm still somewhat excited, they're but still, not as excited to watch them tonight. Of you know? course, of course. Yeah. They're still going to be fun and they'll still be good, but obviously this is a big kick in the gut for them. Uh, given that, you know, there's already been concerns about what his health is going to look like because of his size. Now, David Griffin came out today and said the meniscus ha- has nothing to do with his weight, and he was in, quote, elite condition okay. when he got hurt. Right. Um, I can tell you that the procedure that they did for him is a partial removal, which is why it's six to eight weeks as opposed to several months. There are some downsides to that. You can uh, develop an arthritic condition, you can develop cysts. That is the the injury that Dwayne Wade blames for uh, basically robbing him of his athleticism. 
right. later in his career. Because it becomes bone on bone, right? That's, yeah. That's... But at the same time, the New Orleans Pelicans, I think everyone has to remember this, they have a new training staff led by Aaron Nelson, who came from Phoenix. He was part of the training staff mafia. Yeah, widely regarded as the best training staff in all of basketball. Yep, and and so they're there, and, and they've, they've got experience with knee injuries, and they know how to mitigate those types of concerns with corrective exercises and other types of uh, treatments. But, you know, here's the fun thing about it. I heard Jay Williams talk about Zion's running style. He's not need. He doesn't, his biomechanics aren't great. They'll fix him on that as well. Is he Greg Oden? Well, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Find out tonight on the nightly. Oh! Okay? Yeah! I'm going to have you on, okay? I mean, it's 15 topics, 15 minutes. You will, uh, that's your topic. I'll do 45 seconds on it. Keep it to 40 seconds. Okay. Intro, outro, on to the next topic, okay? Forty. I need your best 40 seconds on Izzy Greg Oden. Not now. Not now. Oh, but later. For the nightly. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited to do this. I'm going to do it today. When are we taping it? Afternoon. Let's you do and I, well, no, no, no. I don't want to do it right now. You and I, we're doing HQ today. I'll call you. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the offer. But you and I are doing HQ today. Now, I am not a panelist. I am not giving opinions on anything. I am filling in for, I'm in the worst possible spot. I'm tough, filling in for Poppy. And I don't job. want to fill in for Poppy, man. He's too popular. You won't be able to help yourself. You're giving takes. <laughs> I, I'm not giving takes. I was told not to give takes. They said no takes. I'm saving all my takes for the nightly. I'm giving takes on HQ. <laughs> Who am I getting? <laughs> I got to take on the Zion Williamson thing. Of course, I am wearing a Zion Williamson jersey today, even though he's injured. Why? Because when they drafted him, I told myself, opening day of the NBA season, I'm wearing this Zion Williamson jersey. I've said it all along. He gets hurt. He has a surgery. Uh, I'm still wearing it. Walking through the halls today, someone stopped me and goes, ooh, rough start. And I was like, how does this guy know I'm not a morning person? And then I realized he was talking about the jersey. And then I also realized the season hasn't started yet, so... Give the Pelicans a chance. Hopefully Zion will get healthy and all will be well. Stephen A. Smith. Not all's well with him. He's always fired up talking sports. He asked the question that a lot of people in Miami can probably answer and some people in New York are starting to be able to answer. Is Adam Gase high? Find out next on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Happy birthday to Orville, Richard, Burl, better known as Shaggy. It was him. Speaking of being him, the voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagan standing by with Alex Dono. Got Danny Garcia here in the lab and Manny Chang out there helping him out, getting you ready for the big Panthers-Penguins game. Say that five times fast. Panthers versus Penguins. I'm not going to try that because something might slip out that's not correct and ready for the radio. So they're going to get you going at 7 o'clock with the pregame, the game, the postgame, the whole I don't even know nine yards is the correct thing to say, but everything you need with the Florida Panthers and Penguins game tonight. We're going to be checking in with him in just a little while as they get ready for that big game. Now, check in with Stephen A. Smith. He's talking about a legendary season for the Staples Center, New York City sports depression. Is Adam Gase high? Mike Tomlin being underrated. Hard to watch football in New York City in more ways than one. Plus, he wants to put LeBron on his Mount Rushmore. It is here! 
This is it right here, baby. This is what I've been waiting for. The start of the NBA season. I'm in L.A. for a reason. I'll be damned if I was going to be in New York for a reason. It's not like I got the Knicks to hope for and Kevin Durant ain't healthy yet. So I'm sorry. Forgive me if I'm not overly excited about being in New York. L.A. is the place to be. La La Palm Trees, Rodeo, Venice Beach, Melrose Place. And oh, by the way, as a side, the Staples Center. Home of the Los Angeles Clippers, and of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. The first time in the history of the NBA that one single arena, the Staples Center, will host a title contender all 82 nights of the regular season. Normally, for those of you who may not know any better, there's 41 home games, there's 41 road games. So if you have a team playing in an arena, there's 41 nights a year that they're not there. In this case, the Clippers and the Lakers, both Title contenders, arguably the top two contenders in all of basketball, both play at the Staples Center 41 nights a year. That would be 82 games, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what you have. Never before in NBA history has that been the case. La la, Los Angeles, California is the hub of the basketball world. I'll get into that a little bit later. And of course, my boy Champ. Who, uh, uh, you know, he always calls in, you know, the man that invented basketball, the man that invented basketball that has forgotten more basketball that James Naismith himself can remember. I mean, this guy, he's my boy, though. <laughs> he, shoot, shoot, he, he in the house. He ain't going to just call in. He's going to be sitting right next to me. I, I don't know if I'm even put him on camera, but you will hear from him. You will hear from him. I'm going to treat him like he a guest. I'm not going to treat him like a caller. I'm going to treat him like he's a guest. Okay, which means that if I think he's a bit rotund, need to be in the gym a little bit more, I'm going to say so. I'm going to say so. That's what I can do. I can do it like that. You want to show up in the studio with me? You never know what I'm going to say. Never know what I'm going to highlight or call out. By the way, his first name is Ernest. I, I couldn't pass that up. I couldn't pass that up. I had to get on him about that. But anyway, let me get to a more serious matter. First things first. Ladies and gentlemen, in New York City right now, the depression has already kicked in. Believe it or not, it's not because of the New York Knicks. It's because of the woeful pathetic, embarrassing franchise that is the New York Jets. Losers 33 to nothing to the reigning defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots last night at MetLife Stadium. I, I mean, what an atrocity. And I, I got to tell you that my sympathy, my empathy goes out to Sam Donald. He's a second-year quarterback. We know that he just got back from suffering from mononucleosis for a few weeks, showed up against the Cowboys, Handled his business against them, but then went up against a real coach in Bill Belichick who was prepared for him. And this boy was so bad last night. I mean, I, I, I think it was like for 11 for 32 passes, only 86 yards, four interceptions. It was just an atrocity. It's one of the worst performances you'll ever witness from a quarterback in NFL history. It was that bad. And ladies and gentlemen, nobody's sitting here holding that kid accountable. Even though he kept throwing off his back foot entirely too much and making the kind of mistakes that normally you shouldn't make at the quarterback spot without question. But when you're going up against Bill Belichick and you're a second year quarterback and you're going up against Bill Belichick without the services of a great coach to help you out, what do you think's going to happen to you? That's what happened to Sam Donald last night. Sam Donald didn't have a coach. So we can slice it any way we want to. I told y'all about that damn Adam Gase showing up to his introductory press conference for the New York Jets looking high. That's right, I said it. You saw his eyes. You saw how he looked. And for those of you watching me on ESPN News right now, you know this. You saw how high he looked. I'm telling you right now, if there was ever a coach that needed to be tested, it was him that day. I ain't saying he was high. I don't know, but he looked it. I'm entitled to say what he looked like. But I didn't even Beetlejuice looked a little bit more sober than him. 
I want to hear it. And ever since he's been coaching these New York Jets, I understand that their quarterback goes down. I understand that their backup quarterback went down at some point this season. But damn, do you have to look so completely moribund? I told you. See, this is the problem with Mr. Christopher Johnson and the New York Jets. You had no business hiring the man in the first place. Now, maybe he might end up being a good coach, but I'm telling y'all this. I'm about the process. And see, that's where me and my boy Champ vibe with that. It's not about the results. It's about the process. In other words, would somebody else that did such an average job in Miami had an opportunity to be the head coach in the same division in the National Football League for the New York Jets? Adam Gase, I'm not making an argument that he can't, that he'll never be able to coach. I'm making the argument that he's not that damn good right now. He certainly didn't deserve to be the head coach of the New York Jets right now. The New York Jets made the wrong decision by hiring him to be the coach right now, and he's been proving it the first six games of this season. That's what I'm saying. You take over the Miami job in 2016, you go 10 and 6. Then you go 6 and 10. Then you go 7 and 9. With Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Not only did you lose, you got the Miami Dolphins as an organization to give Ryan Tannehill $95 million in the process. And how did that pan out? He's now in Tennessee. The man had no business being the head coach of the New York Jets. As far as I'm concerned, last night was the latest example of that. I don't give a damn what anybody says. The man didn't have a business of being in that position. It was just embarrassing. Before the Jets had a chance to pass gas, they were down 14 to nothing, turning over the ball in their first two possessions. Sam Donald, I had it right, 11 for 32, 86 yards, four interceptions. A quarterback rating, ladies and gentlemen, this is not an exaggeration, a quarterback rating of 3.6. Three, not 33, not 23, not 43. Three, the number three, 3.6. We ain't talking GPAs, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking quarterback rating. We ain't talking grade point average. We're talking quarterback rating. A 3.6 is beyond abysmal, embarrassing, horrendous, or whatever words you want to use. It's a damn shame. You threw this kid out there against Bill Belichick. You threw him to the wolves. What a disgraceful performance. And I don't blame Sam Donald one bit. I blame Adam Gase. And I blame the Jets for hiring him. He is not the right man for the job. Period. Somebody needs to say it. He is not the right man for the Jets job. Everybody wondering whether or not he's going to be one and done. What the hell is there to wonder about? What is there to wonder about? Why did he deserve the job in the first place? And speaking of guys, listen, I'm not, I'm not too far of a feeling that way about Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer came to the New York Giants job with a 10 and 23 record. Who gets a job in the media capital world in New York City with a 10 and 23 head coaching record? You see why he, you see why people get upset? Ladies and gentlemen, if Pat Shermer deserves a job, and Adam Gase looks the part. Why don't you just go ahead and give a job to Hugh Jackson? I know he went on 16. I know he was one in 31 in his first two years in Cleveland. I get that. I get that. But guess what? He didn't have Baker Mayfield. He didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. He didn't have Jarvis Landry. He didn't have Njoku. He didn't have Nick Chubb coming out of the backfield with Kareem Hunt scheduled to be available after an eight game suspension because he's on a commissioner list after getting caught kicking a woman on camera. Now he might have had a couple of those dudes, but he didn't have all of those dudes. So if Hugh Jackson didn't have all of those dudes and his record obviously shows that he wasn't great. If these other guys could get jobs, how come he can't? I'm not advocating for Hugh Jackson to get a job. Please don't get it confused. What I'm doing is making the point that it just seems to be that second opportunities are given to below average individuals who look the part while others don't get those opportunities. I recall walking into this season and there was actually a discussion as to whether or not Mike Tomlin deserved to keep his job as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The man has only won more than 64% of his game. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's been to about three or four AFC championship games. He's won more games during the regular season than everybody outside of Bill Belichick. He's been to more Super Bowls than Sean Payton. He's won as many Super Bowls as Sean Payton. He's been to the playoffs more than Sean Payton. But we talked about getting rid of Mike Tomlin but we raved about Sean Payton like he was the second coming to Lombardi if it weren't for Belichick. 
You see the double standard? Is it clear? These are the kind of things that rake my last damn nerves. I don't like it one bit. This is New York City. This is the Mecca. And we got a coach. Think about this for a second here. All these great coaches that exist in the NFL. Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin. Hell, Frank Wright, Andy Reid. I mean, the Golden Boys like the Kyle Shanahan's or even the Matt LeFleur's. We got all these people out here. Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, Pete Carroll in Seattle. We got all these coaches out here. And the media capital of the world has Adam Gase and Pat Shermer. And you wonder why New Yorkers are depressed. Do y'all realize that what this city continuously gives us as a football product, as New Yorkers, folks have nothing to look forward to during the holiday season but family and bright lights. That's it. Family and bright lights. Obviously, gifts and all of that other stuff and Thanksgiving meals and all of that stuff, that 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 falls under the category of family. Family and the bright lights of Broadway, New York City. The congestion, the crowds, financial district and beyond, everybody stirring the pot a little bit, you know, all of that stuff. Why? Because you're excited about exchanging Christmas gifts and enjoying the holidays and all that stuff. There's nothing sports related that you have to look forward to. The Knicks are a foregone conclusion. You know what's going to happen to them. You expect them to be irrelevant by February. The Brooklyn Nets are relevant now, but you know they ain't going but so far unless KD comes back. Okay? The Yankees done let us down because Araldus Chapman made a career throwing heat and fire at 100 miles per hour, but then the Decides to go up against Altuve, one of the better, one of the best hitters, particularly one of the best clutch players in baseball, and get cute and throw an 87 mile per hour slider. You got some dude named Van Wagenen as your GM in Queens with the Mets, and they teased us by giving us some great, great baseball for a month before they nosedived. It's only a select few people that give a damn about the Rangers or the Islanders. I mean, you just can't make this up. Everywhere you turn, it's mediocrity raking through the city of New York like a damn virus. And oh, by the way, during football season, they don't even play in a city. They in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So it's bad enough that they stink, but they ask you to go through the tunnels to get to them to watch them stink. So not only do you have to pay a toll, but you got to get stuck in traffic. Most cities don't require that. They don't charge you a toll. They don't sit up there and say, you know what? We need you to pay 13 to $15 just to get through the tolls to get to us. New York does that. <sighs> New Yorkers deserve so much better than this. But the beauty of New Yorkers is that, you know what? Most folks travel, which gives me the right transition to what I'm about to bring up because I've traveled. I'm not in New York right now. I'm in L.A. <laughs> I'm in L.A. And this is what it's all about right here, baby. The NBA season officially arrives tonight. Now, there's an, a few hours before the game, before the L.A. game, where the reigning fan champion Toronto Raptors without Kawhi Leonard go up. Against whoever they're holding up the hell against. I guess it's the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. And that's a different subject for later on in the show about his future. But to me, this is the place to be. Because the two title contenders for this season reside in this town. It's the Lakers versus the Clippers. Now, that doesn't mean they can't get knocked off. Steve Kerr told the media, Clay Thompson's likely going to miss the rest of the whole season because of his ACL tear. I don't believe it. I believe it when I see it. I believe that's just Steve Kerr not wanting to answer questions every day about Clay Thompson. I think sometime in February or March when Clay Thompson looked like he's ready, because Steve Kerr will bring up the subject then. But until that moment, he's going to take the mentality that Clay Thompson is out. But I think when you look at Portland, when you look at Utah, when you look at Denver, when you look at Houston, let me tell you something. You got folks that can knock off these L.A. teams. So that's six right there. We didn't even bring up San Antonio. We didn't bring up Oklahoma City. 
And maybe there's a reason for that because they'll just make it to the playoffs and go home in the first round. But right now, I would say that you legitimately have eight to nine title contenders with the Clippers and the Lakers leading the way. Now, let me be very, very clear. The Clippers have a better team. Doc Rivers is an exceptional coach. He's got Ty Lue on his bench now. Lawrence Frank is upstairs as the president of basketball operations. Steve Ballmer is the billionaire. Jerry West is the consultant extraordinaire, guru extraordinaire. The Clippers are something special. Paul George had shoulder surgery. He's expected to miss the first couple of weeks, but by the end of November, if not earlier, he should be back. Kawhi Leonard, ready to go. Doc Rivers says there will not be any load management. You got Patrick Beverly. I mean, I like what I'm seeing. You got Lou Williams. You got Montrell's Harrell. I like what I'm seeing from the Clippers. I think they're too deep at every position. This kid Landry Shamet. I mean, let me tell you something. The brother can shoot now. A matter of fact, the Sixers would have been well if they were able to hold on to him, especially since you lost J.J. Reddick. But I'll get to the Eastern Conference in just a little while. Right now, when we look at the Los Angeles Lakers. It's very, very simple to me, ladies and gentlemen. The Clippers can have the best team. But when you got two monsters that you have to contend with and you have to stop on the basketball floor, how are you going to stop them? We saw Patrick Beverly give Kevin Durant a couple of headaches for the first couple of games until Kevin Durant said, y'all know who I am. You know who I am. And then went about the business of reminding everybody there's levels to this. But let me tell you something. Patrick Beverly can't guard LeBron James. LeBron James is 260 pounds. And whether it's Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, LeBron's going to be a load to deal with. And then, by the way, who you think going to deal with Anthony Davis? You going to try to tell me Montrell's Harrell could deal with Anthony Davis? Is that where we going to go? I mean, I expect somebody like Champ to go there. I mean, he's crazy. In Champ's world, uh, I'm sorry, Ernest's world, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This brother right here doesn't even have LeBron in his top ten. I'll call him Champ, though. I won't, I won't mess with his name anymore. Just say I'll call him Mr. Hemingway. How about that? But here's my deal. How is it that you don't have LeBron in your top ten all time? I wonder about him. I got LeBron James on the Mount Rushmore. He don't even have him in the top 10. Something wrong with this brother. Something wrong with him. But that's okay. He'll get his, he'll get his moment to explain. But in the end, what it comes down to is this. In the end, LeBron James, even though he's turning 35, the fact that he didn't go play to June, that he got bounced out in the regular season, that he was off for the first time in nine years since April, I think he's hungry. I think he's healthy. And the fact that you have that coupled with the acquisition of Anthony Davis, I think that's going to bode very, very well for LeBron James and the Lakers. And I'm not telling you that the Clippers are going to have a a worse record than the Lakers in the regular season or anything like that. I'm saying the goal for the Lakers should be to finish as a top two or three seed and for LeBron and AD to be healthy. If those two things happen, everything changes. And let's see what Kawhi Leonard is going to be worth then. I think Kawhi Leonard is a monster. I think he's one of the best players in the game. I think he's a worthy NBA Finals MVP and all of that stuff. But we all know if Kevin Durant were healthy, Toronto might have gotten swept. We all know that if Kevin Durant were healthy, they damn sure wouldn't have lost that series. Golden State, that is, to Toronto. We all know that even if Kevin Durant was hurt, if Klay Thompson was healthy and didn't get hurt in game two and didn't have to miss a game and wasn't hobbled the entire series, we all know that Golden State could have beaten Toronto in six games. So for me, when I think about Kawhi Leonard, even though I got mad respect and love and appreciation for him, knowing and recognizing the superstar that he is, what I would say to you is he still got some things to prove. We talk about Kawhi Leonard like he's been averaging 25 a game and he was this offensive juggernaut for the last six, seven years. It's really only been two years. Remember, the season before last, he only played nine games. He got injured, according to him, misdiagnosed. As a result, he's in San Antonio, and things weren't what they should have been. We heard all of that. But the season before that and last season are the two years that Kawhi Leonard was an offensive force. Prior to that, you didn't feel inclined to give Kawhi Leonard the ball. 
and say, take us there. He didn't have that kind of game. So I think people are really, really blowing him up. Let's find out now. And as great as Kawhi Leonard is, I got news for you. He can't guard Anthony Davis. What's he going to do? You really think he could guard Anthony Davis? He cannot. Not down low. Can't happen. Now, Montrose Harrell will probably pick up that assignment. And by, and by the way, let's understand what we're saying here. Let me tell you something right now. Even if Kawhi Leonard was guarding LeBron, understand something. LeBron might not shoot 49% or 51% from the field. He's going to still average his 27. I am just so happy the NBA season is finally here. Tomorrow night, the Heat going to be taking on one of my most hated teams, the Grizzlies, at the AAA, 730 you know I'm going to try to run out there and catch a little bit of that game because it is opening night after all. But let's not forget about football. Sam Darnold, kind of like the kid from The Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Here's what he actually said last night as he was mic'd up during the game. Seen ghosts. Yes, indeed. And here's what the coach, <laughs> Adam Gase, had to say about that. You know, when we go back and look at this, he's, he's not going to be happy. Um... He probably was feeling feeling like guys were coming free when they might not have been. Um, you know, it's it's tough. That's what playing against these guys. If you don't you don't pick some of this stuff up early, they're going to keep bringing it and they're going to find different ways to bring it, bring it, and then it's just going to get bad from there. Which it did. I'm not going to say anything more about Adam Gase. I think his actions, words speak for themselves. Of course. Florida Panthers about to get in action against the Penguins in just a few minutes. Going to kick it to Doug Plagans, Alex Dono, Danny Garcia, Manny Chang to give you all the action on the ice. Remember, you can download the podcast for this show or any of the shows by simply going to our website, wqam.com. Also, give me a follow at Dan Day Radio tomorrow night. I'll be back with another rendition of the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.